Well, church, it is uh, so good uh, to be here this morning with you. Uh, my name is Austin. I am one of the pastors here. And we are in a series called Disconnected. And in this uh, series, we are being particularly intentional about not only talking about relationships, but being in relationships. And so I know over the last few weeks, maybe you've been here. If you haven't been here, uh, this is a time where we're just going to take five minutes and we are going to uh, grab something to eat, grab something to drink, but also to begin to build relationships with one another. And I know I heard about it from last week, um, and I'm just going to make a, a PSA. Introverts, the bathroom is not a hiding spot. I see you and I know you. I am married to one. I love you and we are better with you than without you. We say that a lot. So um, we want to take the next five minutes and we want you to get up, uh, talk to people. So there's people over here, there's people over here, there's people over here. We have two stations where there's like um, pastries, coffee and water and donuts. Um, but we want you to ask this question. What is your favorite family tradition? And maybe you need to like write these down and you can instill them in your own life. So take the next five minutes and go ask this question. We'll see you back here in a minute. That is your cue. If you've ever watched Jeopardy. All right. Welcome back. Hey, everybody. We're going to come back in and we're going to have a conversation. Um, again, this whole series has been um, built and crafted by our students. And so our students have asked questions that they want us to understand and help talk about in kind of a lens of how Jesus um, teaches us to be in relationship with one another. Instead of being disconnected, God is calling us to be reconnected. And so this was the question that our students um, was on a lot of people's uh, minds. And it was in a small term, but I added a little parentheses in there. It says, how do I trust like anybody else, like resonate with that, like that question that has been like ruminating in your heart of when you're in relationship with people where you know relationships are great, whether they're broken. It's this question of how do I learn to trust people, and that is one of the hardest questions. And we've been thinking about it a lot uh, this morning. I think it's great for not only um, if you're uh, nine. Or 99, I think this is a great conversation for you to begin to kind of wrestle with and to have conversations with. And so this is what I want to, this is the big idea that I think we need to learn about when we talk about trust. It's this. Is that we learn to trust by learning how to entrust. We often think trust is this nebulous noun, but it actually is a verb. That we learn to trust by learning how to entrust. And that's a scary thing that we're going to see and uh, that can have a lot of different ramifications. And so I want to read together our text this morning. This comes from Matthew 25. Um, we've read this text in our generosity series early on, and but I want to, to look at it again because I think, yes, while generosity is something that we need to learn how to entrust uh, to God and how God has entrusted our, our wealth to us, and we need to be entrusted with it as a church. But I want to look at this again and see what it looks like uh, from... Um, the, the land, the landowners. And so Matthew 25, starting in verse 14, uh, if you have your Bible in front of you, whether it's physical or digital, we'll always love to look at it together, but you can also find it on the screen. And it says this. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold and to another two and to another one, each according to his ability. And then he went on his journey 
And the man who had received five bags went um, went at once and put his money to work, and he gained five more bags. And so also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But then the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and he hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled the accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold had brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And he did that the same thing with the second one, but we're going to jump to the last one. The second one had the same one, brought two gold bags. He got back two more gold bags and said the same thing. And then he went to the one with one bag. And the man who received one bag of gold said, Master, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you had not sown and gathering where you had not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. So you, so you knew that I had harvested where I had not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. And then you should have put my money in, on deposit with the bankers so that when I had returned, I would have received it back with interest. You see this part where the landowner has entrusted um, his servants. He has taken the, the, the money, that he, the wealth that he has built, and he has entrusted it he, with, to his servants. And one of the things that we want to talk about this morning is that trust is a gift. It's a gift that is built and rebuilt. You build it and you rebuild it in relationships. It's not something that when you think about trust, we think about this like noun, this thing that we talk about, and it's often this nebulous thing. But when we talk about this verb of entrusting, it means it's something that you have to give away freely to somebody else. Like in relationship, you have to give this away freely to someone else. And it reminds me of, uh, of something that, that I've been, um, I loved as a kid. We talk about building and rebuilding. Um, I've gotten into this over the last, like, few years. Does anybody know what this is? What are these, kids? Expensive, yes. What are these? These are Legos. What do you do with Legos, kids? You play with them. You build them, right? You build them, and like normally, like my kids, like they were up this morning building, and they put random things together, they make villages. But us as adults, what do we build things like this? What is this? This is the Millennium Falcon, right? This is something that um, I uh, time-lapsed, and it took like five days, a few hours every day, three or four hours to put together, right? It's got so many pieces. You open it up. It's got people in it. And it's something that I built. And my brother-in-law, who's here this weekend, said this thing. He goes, the saddest thing about Legos is what? When it's done, right? Because what do people do when it's done? They put it up. Right? Some people hang it up. Some people put it on a table. Some people just put it like, um, and display it. Some like are in my, that was in my office, right? Uh, so for kids like Trey to come in and play with them. But here's the thing though. Like oftentimes we do that with trust is we build it and then we're done with it. But what fun is it if you just build it? Everything, even Legos, are meant to be rebuilt. And you know what? You might be sitting here going, how dare he? (laughs) Sometimes it hurts. 
Sometimes when, you're, when, when your trust is broken, it hurts. It lands in pieces. Sometimes you need to sit there and lament it and go, oh my gosh, I built so much trust with one person or with people only for somebody like Austin to come and just destroy it in one fell swoop. See how quickly trust is destroyed? So quickly. But if we're people that only build trust and don't rebuild trust, kids, like you'll hear this all the time. You'll see this. Your parents will never name this. But there are places in their lives and places in my lives where I've had trust broken and I'm a builder of trust and not a rebuilder of trust. There are people that have, your parents have, I have, people in this community that have walked away from one another because we're builders of trust and not rebuilders of trust. You have a choice every time to build and to rebuild. And if you're just builders of trust, this is what's going to happen. You're going to sit here and you're going to lament and you're hurt and you're, and it's just a tragedy and you're just going to leave it there. And then every time, could you imagine if I left that there for a year, everybody's going to go by and be like, that's so sad. Why would he do that? Why, why can't somebody come and clean it up? Why can't somebody come and restore it? Can you ask that question to yourself in relationships? Why is that left there? Will anybody come and clean it up? Will anybody learn to restore it? How many of us have just left our shattered relationships and trust on the ground and we look at it and say, man, somebody really should clean that up. Somebody should rebuild that. And you know what the worst part about it is? As followers of Jesus, who are people who build and rebuild trust, we are some of the biggest, <laughs> we are the worst at living trust broken. Because we want to walk people, we want to leave it all, and we just don't want to deal with it. But in all times, we need to be people who build and rebuild trust. And not only that, but here's the thing that about trust. And kids, this is not just like, oh man, I just got to rebuild trust. Like, how do I do that? What does that look like? Well, here's the thing. It's not just that he trusted the two and trusted the three. Like, what happened to that one? What, I mean, we don't know in the story what happened to that one. But we do see in the rest of scripture that it talks about trusting God and trusting one another. And that even in the Proverbs, we talk about this. Is that we need to learn to trust in those who are trustworthy. You need to learn to trust in those who are trustworthy. So how do you do that? Well, I'm going to invite my daughter up real quick. Ellie, are you there? All right. This is, we have kids in the room, so I'm being a little super practical, and maybe that's, that's okay. But um, Ellie, um, so we're talking about um, being, being trustworthy. So your dad, I'm your dad, right? Do you trust me? Yes. You do trust me. Okay? We're going to do a little exercise. All right? So I am going to ask you to stand out here. And you ever heard of a trust fall? No. No? Yeah. Well, it's just in the word. Trust fall. Like, you're going to fall and you trust me to what? Catch. Catch you. Okay? And so what you do is not just like look, but you close your eyes, right? Because you really trust me. Right? You really trust me? <laughs> All right, so I'm going to count to three, and then I want you to fall. And I'm going to catch you, okay? All right, you ready? One, two, 
Three. I'm a bad dad. (laughs) So I want to do this again. I want to do this again. But now, I'm going to move this. Do you trust me? No. Why don't you trust me? Because you didn't catch me first. And so, how am I going to be worthy of your trust? How do I gain back, rebuild your trust? How do I do it? You promise to do other things, like pick me up from school. Yes! Right? Like, hey, I, I'm going to say, I might have been late, but I have a 100% track record, right? I'm not like Steph Curry. I don't shoot 50%, um, but I got 100%. I'm always I'm like Kobe. I'm there all the time. Um, so do you trust me? So I want you to close your eyes, and I am going to stand right here. Not, oh, see, you got to look forward. This is about trust. Do you trust me to catch you? Yes. yes. I hope so. I'm going to count on three, and then you're going to fall back, all right? One, two, three. Yes. Daddy. This is a real simple thing, but it's also really important. People are not all trustworthy. But let me tell you this also. Here, you can go take a seat. People who are trustworthy also mess up. People who are trustworthy also can fail you. But you need to figure out in the places that you are living that how we become trustworthy people. My uh, mentor, my, my, um, I was interning at a church and, uh, and my pastor said this. When I was preaching and trying to earn validation, trying to earn respect, uh, because I was just an intern, and he said, he said this to me, Austin, you don't have to play your cards all at once. You don't have to prove it all at once that you are trustworthy, but you play the right card at the right time, and that matters. Because what happens is if you play all the cards, or show all your cards at one time, you have nothing to play later on. Even trustworthy people fail. Even trustworthy people mess up. But one of the things that you need to learn is to put your trust in someone who is worthy. Like, that's the question is, like, if you're saying the basis of my trust is only in people, even the most trustworthy person, your parent, your grandparent, your, uh, like, your best friend, will let you down, will break your trust. And so if those are the people which you're basing off trust on, what you're doing is you're setting yourself up for disaster. So this is the thing that you need to do. If kids, students, adults, if you're finding out, if you're having a hard time to build and rebuild trust, if you're trying hard and you're finding it really hard to find out who's trustworthy, because you have no basis of understanding like how much people should be trusted or can be trusted, this is what you need to do. You need to understand who is trustworthy by putting your trust as the only person that is worthy. Sometimes we have such a messed up, skewed version of what trust looks like because we have put our trust in human beings who always let us down. And so we believe that when we give a free gift of trust to somebody else, as we're building trust with somebody or rebuilding trust, we have this expectation that we will always be let down. 
And so the basis of what you operate in trust is one that's broken, that will always be failed. That will all, you'll always be a failure. Trust will always be broken. Trust will always be tarnished. You will never have a feeling of full trust. Because you're putting your trust and you're basing your trust on not somebody who created it and not somebody who is worthy of it all. Jesus is worried, worthy of it all. It says this in Jeremiah. But blesses the one who trusts in the Lord. And see what happens when you trust in the Lord. Whose confidence is in him, they will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. People that trust in the Lord, that understand that the foundation of my trust is not subjective in people, but is objective in Christ is objective in who God created it and made it to be, that this is a God who is worthy of your trust because he has never let you down. And you'd be like, he might have let you down. But what I'm saying to you, he has never let you down. He has not met your expectation of who he is. That's different. His promise is, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you to the very end of the age. I will give you your daily bread. I will forgive your sins. I will die for you like I said I would, and I will raise from the dead just like I said. I am the one who you can put and is worthy of my trust because I have never let anybody down. Look at the story of my people Israel. From generation to generation, they had entered the promised land. They had walked away from me, and I have always brought them back. Church, Students, kids, when your trust is based on human people, it'll always be broken. You won't know how to fully, but until you fully trust the Lord, until you find the one who is worthy of all trust, then you begin to build from there. You begin to have this confidence and this sure foundation that everything in my relationship, every relationship that I feel disconnected with and reconnected with is going to be a process of building and rebuilding. But the one who is God will never let me down. That everybody might leave me and forsake me, but my God will never let me down. My God will never let me down. This is the foundation of which you put your trust in. The foundation of your trust is not in your best friend, not in the person that has the most confidence in your life or you feel most connected with. The person that you put your trust in, full trust in, is God and God alone. And from there, and from out of that flow of that relationship where trust is built, where you understand that you come to God and say, God, who are you? How are you working in my life? How are you going to move in? How can I trust you? And as he shows up time and time again, it's from there, then you entrust to other people. Church, it's not, it's not easy. Trust is not easy. But it's the only thing you have to give in relationships. And it's from the basis of which how you operate. In the same way that God, in creation, gave over and entrusted Adam and Eve to care for the garden, so we too are supposed to care and entrust for one another. In the same way that Jesus entrusted the gospel of and the message to his disciples, so in the same way you are to entrust one another. In the same way that God 
In the same way that Jesus talked about in here, the landowner entrusting his servants, so then we entrust one another. Church, trust is built and rebuilt. That is the way that we get reconnected. Instead of walking away, we pick up the pieces of our lives. We pick up the pieces of our trust and rebuild it. We rebuild it. Would you join me in prayer? Father, we come sometimes in, like this morning, it's a little shocking. Sometimes we feel whiplashed. Sometimes we feel like there is nobody in this room of which we can trust. But God, instead of starting with every person that we don't trust, Father, could we come to you? To the one who has proved himself worthy. Would you be my sure foundation? my rock, my fortress, the hope on which I stand. God, and would you heal the wounds that are deep inside me so that we can learn to do what you did. God, I don't think it was easy because you were God. I think it was just as hard. So God, would you give us the courage to instead of staying disconnected, would you reconnect us? To trust that was broken, God, would it be rebuilt? God, trust that has hurt, felt betrayed. God, would we come back to you? When we think we can't, would we come back to you? When we think it is impossible, when we come to the one who makes impossible possible. Because it's not by our power, it's by yours. So God, we come to you this morning. Asking you to do what only you can do. And that we would follow you. We ask this in your name. Amen.